Hello, welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of anti-conservative movement call-in talk radio. The uh, Oh, and I'm Brian Mary, host of the show. Topic for this uh, this uh, June sixth, twenty twenty-three, is the expansion of work requirements to obtain food aid. And this is part of the raising of the debt ceiling, <clears throat> the agreement to vote for raising the debt ceiling. And uh, this is part of uh, the war on the poor. Now, conservative movement might call those who oppose them communists, but I don't know anyone who wants to get rid of private property. Getting rid of private property might work well for some friends on a camping trip. After all, no need for everyone to bring an axe. But beyond that, it doesn't make much sense and takes too much force to maintain. I think what... Uh, is meant by socialist, well, that's up for debate. Could go to the dictionary definition. But I think it depends on who's using the word and what they mean by it. Are they talking about socialism as in Norway, the least corrupt country in the world? Or are they talking about Venezuela, one of the most corrupt countries in the world, if you look on World Corruption Index. I think it has more to do with being a corrupt criminal dictatorship than in having policies where, uh, and these, I believe, are the policies which, well, they're ones I favor anyway, where you uh, have a system of taxation where those who are richer pay at a higher rate than those who are poorer to uh, pay for a system of uh, public services, protections, and benefits that are maintained at a reasonable level. Of course, the core agenda of the conservative movement is, and always has been, to shift the tax burden off of those who are richer and uh, put it on those who are poorer, the poor majority, actually, they would have pay more in taxes because they would shift to a system of taxation which uh, would either be a sales tax or a flat tax. Flat tax where everyone is taxed at the same rate, no matter how rich or poor. And a sales tax which would fall more harshly or you were, since you would still need to purchase the necessities of life. Now, they'll sell this system of shifting the tax burden off of those who are richer onto those who are poorer, while at the same time uh, cutting all public services, protections, and benefits as something which is good for the economy. Well, actually, if uh, you look up statistics and compare something like uh, 
oh, Republicans versus Democrats as concerns the economy, you'll see that all the statistics say that uh, conservative movement economics, well, is worse in every category as far as what results it delivers. So then they went to, well, it's just so unfair to tax the poor rich people at a higher rate. This is not something God would want. And so it would be a moral thing to uh, support uh, shifting the tax burden onto the poor people while at the same time cutting all public services, protections, and benefits. Yeah, quite quite a godly thing to do. And that, uh, you know, had some following, but now they've really hit on, uh, you know, getting closer to the truth, which is uh, in their slogan, hard times make for hard men. The idea that, uh, you know, it's so unkind for the poor people to uh, make life easier for them when, <clears throat> when what you really want to do is, uh, you know, heap as much punishment and abuse on the poor people as possible. And this will motivate them to become uh, richer people. Whereas the richer people, well, they've already shown their worth by accumulating all that money. And so, really, life should be made easier for them so as to encourage others to become rich. Anyway, so much for philosophy and ideology. Uh, Leave it simply to say that this is part of the ongoing war of the conservative movement to have the uh, richer and more powerful wage war on the uh, poorer and weaker of the world. It's uh, known as bullyism or thugocracy, and uh, could just as easily call them, uh, you know, communists as well as call them nationalists in that uh, they're most well-known for, uh, well, to sell this thing, you know, really when the Fairness Doctrine ended, they uh, built a platform on which they could uh, have a stage for any lie and have it be possible that no one could ever challenge any of those lies within uh, those platforms. They would say, well, we put liberals at the front of the stack when it comes to callers, but then later on they would tell the truth and say, well, the callers are there to make the host look good, giving away the game that the calls are all not really calls so much as setups and scripted shills, and that uh, you'll never hear any lie <coughs> called out, <coughs> at least not within the domain of those platforms. And after you're able to get away with lying for long enough, eventually... Maybe you want to be able to get away with uh, committing crimes, saying it's the opponents that are the criminals, and you're actually the innocent. Poor, poor you, so persecuted by these criminals who you decry. Well, maybe I'll get to that later, kind of getting off of the main topic, which is the expansion of work requirements to obtain food aid. First of all, this was part of the debt ceiling raising deal. So, from wonkette.com, to cover this briefly, Huzzah! Debt ceiling raised. Catastrophe averted. Republicans and Joe Manchin. And then it has a frowny face there, so I guess that means sad. It's by Dr. Zoom from June 2nd, 2023. 
The Senate passed the debt limit bill last night, raising the ceiling on how much the government can borrow to pay for spending it's already done, and thereby avoiding a default on the federal debt and the attendant economic disaster that would follow. The bill now goes to President Joe Biden, who will sign it today and is scheduled to address the nation this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. We expect the speech to say something along the lines of, quote, Now look, for crying out loud, we need to pay our bills. I mean it. None of this was necessary, and that's why I'm invoking the 14th Amendment. I'm not joking. Uh, to make the Supreme Court rule on whether the debt limit law is even constitutional. What a load of malarkey. Good night. <clears throat> End quote. Well, following the Senate vote last night, Biden actually said in a statement, quote, No one gets everything they want in a negotiation, but make no mistake, this bipartisan agreement is a big win for our economy and the American people. End quote. Which was a far nicer thing to say, I suppose. <clears throat> the bill passed in the Senate on a 63 to 36 vote, enough to avoid a filibuster. Five members of the Democratic caucus, John Fetterman, Pennsylvania, Ed Markey, Massachusetts, Jeff Merkley, Oregon, Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts, and Bernie Sanders, Independent Vermont, voted nay. They presumably would have voted for it if necessary. The majority of Republicans... 31 of them, also voted against the bill, a bet for very different reasons. Only 17 Republican senators voted for the bill. I'll note that it was a rare thing for me to see both of Idaho's senators, Mike Crapo, and the other one voting with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Before the vote, the Senate debated and rejected 11 amendments to the bill, including Virginia Democrat Tim Kaine's amendment to yeet Joe Manchin's pet methane pipeline project out of the bill, which Manchin had somehow sneaked into the House version and yeek it into the sun. That was the only amendment offered by a Democrat. The others were Republican attempts to demand deeper cuts to domestic spending programs than in the House bill, to increase military spending even more than the House bill did, to get tougher on the border and the like. <clears throat> All told, the Congressional Budget Office estimated the spending caps in the bill would reduce federal spending by $1.5 trillion over the next decade. Reuters rather cheekily adds, quote, that is below the $3 trillion in deficit reduction, mainly through new taxes that Biden proposed, end quote. And we say, good on you, Reuters, for saying so. And if you want to read that article in full, it's much longer than that. It can be found under the headline, Huzzah, Huzzah, Debt Ceiling Raised, Catastrophe Averted, Republicans and Joe Manchin, Frowny Face. That's by Dr. Zoom, can be found on wonkat.com. Excuse me, cleared my throat and took a drink of water. Oh, and this is a call-in talk show. So if you want to talk, call in. Phone number is 402-474-5086. Call in. I'll hit the button. 
and you will be immediately live on the air on the Servative Hour on KZUM. Broadcasting live from the studios of KZUM, located atop beautiful downtown Peanut Hill. I found my show on Peanut Hill. And, uh, oh, wow, 641 donors made a contribution to support community media in Lincoln over the Give to Lincoln season of giving. Donations to KZUM totaled $49,745. So thank you so much for your donating during the Give to Lincoln season for donating to KZUM. Thank you very much. All right, back to the topic, the expansion of work requirements to obtain food aid. From NebraskaExaminer.com, food stamp recipients push back on new work requirements, saying such rules don't work and will harm people in need. This is by Paul Hamill from June 5th, 2023. Lincoln, a trio of Nebraska food stamp recipients is pushing back on the new expansion of work requirements to obtain the food aid, saying the requirements don't work and will harm families in need. The new requirements, included in the recent compromise over the debt ceiling, raises from age 50 to age 54, a requirement that a person without dependents must work or obtain job training, at least 80 hours a month to qualify for food stamps formally known as the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or SNAP. Studies have shown that work requirements don't translate into long-term employment and discourage people from participating due to the paperwork and instead work to push people off such food aid according to Eric Saviano who manages programs for food and nutrition access at Nebraska Appleseed, which advocates for the poor. <clears throat> but, quote, basic needs should not have been on table. Quote, their basic needs should never have been on the table in the debt ceiling negotiations, Saviano said. Three food stamp recipients interviewed by Appleseed echoed those feelings. Quote, I worry about the older adults who are at risk of losing their SNAP now, said one of the three, Sierra Emisden of Hastings. Everyone needs to eat. It's a human right, so why are we making it harder to access? The expanded work requirements for SNAP, as well as a modernization of the work requirements for Federal Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, or TANF, were part of the debt ceiling compromise reached last week between Congress and President Joe Biden. U.S. Representative Adrian Smith, Republican Nebraska, was among those supporting the compromise, saying it was a step towards, quote, fiscal sanity, unquote, that would reduce the federal deficit by a projected $2.1 trillion over the next six years. <clears throat> Smith, in a column, said that the work requirement changes for SNAP and TANF, quote, will help get Americans off the sidelines of our economy and back into the workforce while preserving these programs for those who truly need them, end quote. Advocates, 
requirements don't lead to jobs. But advocates and three recipients of the programs said the changes don't promote access to jobs and financial security, but will cause fewer people to get help with food and other basic needs while they are seeking stability. The Center on Budget and Policy Priorities estimated that almost 750,000 older adults ages 50 to 54 would be at risk of losing food assistance under the new job requirements. Saviano said that the debt ceiling compromise did include one positive SNAP policy change, providing exemptions to preserve food access for people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and former foster youth. But he said the fact that these new categories of people had to be singled out for protection shows that current policies aren't working. Quote, If people experiencing homelessness don't qualify now for the existing hardship exemption, it is hard to know who would, Saviano said. And that article can be found under the headline, Food Stamp Recipients Push Back on New Work Requirements, Saying Such Rules Don't Work and Will Harm People in Need. And really, harming people in need is the idea. The, the cruelty is the idea. Yeah, the ideology of uh, bullyism and uh, thugocracy uh, was expressed very well by a long-ago fired host on an Omaha radio station call-in talk afternoon thing that the world is run by uh, money and brute force. He also added a third element, but that being just a commodity in this way of framing things, I will put that in with the how money and power can be traded for things category. So, yes, the belief that uh, you might say this is just being realistic to say that the world is run by money and brute force, but there's also an opposing uh, counter-ideology, and that is that it would be run by consent of the governed. And when there is a rule by consent of the governed, then that might be uh, a rule that uh, somehow benefits the broader majority of the people in society, rather than being something which uh, benefits those who can uh, rule by having more wealth and brute force, which they can bring to bear. Say, basic ideological difference of opinion which, if anyone would like to discuss, phone number here is 402-474-5086. Yes, what do you think is the uh, core of conservative movement ideology and uh, perhaps the core of opposition to it? Okay. Letting people starve, just the Christian thing to do by Robin, Robin Panaccia from June 3rd, 2023. And it's on wonket.com. But first, <clears throat> since a break is coming up, I'm going to play a song. This is from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the movie Soundtrack. 
downtown. It's now uh, 11.29 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Just in case I played the station identification a little early, let me now say this is KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD 89.3 FM KZUM.org online. Broadcasting live from the studios of KZUM located in southeast central Lincoln, Nebraska, USA. And this show is followed by The Groove Machine, which is on from midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. And uh, see, that was a Little Shop of Horrors soundtrack uh, with the song Skid Row, I Said Downtown, which is an alternate name for it, but the official name is Skid Row. Hey, uh, article I'd started on uh, from Wonket.com by Robin Panaccia from June 3rd, 2023, titled Letting People Starve, Just the Christian Thing to Do. This week, in order to avoid defaulting on our debt, some Democrats in Congress and the Senate had to give Republicans a thing they've been thirsting after for years expanded work requirements for those receiving SNAP and TANF benefits. The new measure would raise the age for which one is required to work a certain amount to receive benefits from 49 to 54. It would also, however, provide exemptions for the work requirements for unhoused people, veterans, and 18 to 24-year-olds who aged out of foster care. Quote, if it passes, this plan would be the first major deficit-reducing budget agreement in almost a dozen years and would signal Washington is serious about making progress in addressing our mounting national debt, said Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, said after Congress approved the measure on Wednesday. Except it won't be. In fact, it will cost more than what we're doing now. According to the Congressional Budget Office, it would actually increase the amount we are currently spending by $2.1 billion over the 2023 to 2033 period. Due to the increase in the number of people who will now qualify for assistance and the administrative burden the work requirements will put on those operating the program, who will now have to verify that even more people who receive assistance are working or actively looking for work. The increase doesn't mean that it won't hurt vulnerable people, because it absolutely will. Overburdening the system, increasing the amount of hoops people have to jump through in order to qualify, will absolutely hurt people. Republicans are obsessed with work requirements because they are haunted by the idea that there are just loads of people out there who don't even bother getting jobs because they have been kept so very comfortable by the United States government. This is not a thing. People are working. In January of this year, the unemployment rate hit 3.4%, 
the lowest rate in 50 years, and right now it's 3.7, which is also very low. Two-thirds of SNAP participants are children, the elderly, and people with disabilities who cannot work. Three-quarters of the working-age adults who participate in SNAP either have a job currently or have had one in the last year. This should not be terribly surprising, given that 32% of the American workforce makes under $15 an hour. Somehow, it doesn't occur to Republicans that the real drain on the system are the businesses they want to allow to pay their workers less than they live on, need to live on, <clears throat> rather than all the imaginary people out there who've been, quote, disincentivized, unquote, from working thanks to government assistance. Sometimes when I hear about things like this, I think, quote, why don't they just come right out and say they hate poor people and want them to starve, end quote. Well, this week, someone did, someone did in an op-ed for the Standing for Freedom Center, whatever the hell that is, a fellow named Jason Matera literally wrote an op-ed titled, quote, Some People Deserve to Starve a biblical view of work and welfare, <clears throat> end quote. The thesis of which is that Jesus would want, quote, indolent, indolent bums, unquote, to starve, he wrote. Let me get a drink of water for this. He wrote, Christians, and this is the title of this, uh, op-ed is Some People Deserve to Starve, A B Biblical View of Work and Welfare by Jason Matera. He wrote, Christians are supposed to be at the tip of the spear in alleviating poverty, especially when it comes to other believers. That doesn't mean, however, th that we are under any obligation to help indolent bums. Such people are not entitled to our generosity. They have chosen the path to poverty to paraphrase Proverbs 10.4. There is another reason, though, why Christians should promote a culture of work. Work is central to man's makeup. There's a misconception that humanity is required to work because of sin. Yet that's not true. Work is now a labor-intensive grind due to the curse of sin, yes, but prior to the fall, God, quote, took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep it, <clears throat> end quote, Genesis 2.15. Work, it turns out, was always part of the original plan. Indeed, the very first commission given to man was to, quote, fill the earth and subdue it, end quote, Genesis 1.28. Christians, then, should be vocal proponents of fostering a culture of work in civil society. Not only are we charged biblically to, quote, earn our own living, as Paul put it, but the ritual of work is the method by which God intended for us to cultivate his creation. It's part of our DNA. End quote. Just to recap, poor people are lazy and choose to be poor, and therefore it is cool to let them starve to death. Also, war work is supposed to be a, quote, labor-intensive grind, because some lady ate an apple, and therefore it is important to foster a, quote, culture of work in order to please God. That is, well, very stupid. <clears throat> 
It does, however, explain a little bit about why Republicans are so willing to pay more to ensure that others have less. It's not just that they are ignorant bastards with no actual idea about how social programs work in this country, but that this is a religious conviction for them. They are just trying to be more Christ-like, because if they can just make being poor a miserable enough experience for people, the poor will all pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get jobs that pay them enough to live on so that they can get into heaven. Sure, our entire society will collapse because we literally cannot function without people doing the jobs that currently pay less than people need to live on, but God will be very excited about it, and isn't that what really matters? And uh, that article can be found on wongcat.com under the headline, Letting People Starve, Just the Christian Thing to Do. Now, a little closer to home, this is from uh, a little over a month ago, maybe a month and a half, Iowa, Iowa willing to pay anything for privilege of starving people to death. This is uh, from wonket.com, and it's by Robin Pinaccia from April 17th, 2023. There are few myths Americans embrace as greedily as the myth of the secretly rich poor person. The most enduring example of this, of course, is Ronald Reagan's welfare queen, a real woman named Linda Taylor, who was convicted in 1977 of welfare fraud. Quote, in Chicago, he said during a 1976 campaign speech, they found, quote, they found a woman who holds the record. She used 80 names, 30 addresses, 15 telephone numbers to collect food stamps, Social Security, veterans' benefits for four non-existent deceased veteran husbands. Her tax-free cash income alone has been running $150,000 a year, end quote. <clears throat> Taylor was caught and she was convicted and she went to prison which should have actually served as evidence that this is not something people can easily get away with. It wasn't. Reagan made Taylor legion. He talked about her as if she were exemplary of every other single mother relying on welfare to get by, and she became the image that millions of Americans saw in their minds whenever the term was brought up. He made it so they were able to displace any compassion they might have had for the poor with contempt, with anger, and with betrayal. That contempt, anger, and betrayal was what made it possible for him to begin the long process, completed through several other presidencies, of dismantling the welfare system and making it as difficult for people to access help as humanly possible. To this day, people love to trade stories of, quote, fancy things they supposedly saw people with snap cards, previously food stamps, buying at the grocery store. Representative Louis Gohmert famously raged about poor people supposedly buying, quote, king crab legs at the grocery store. They also love to talk about people who live in mansions but spend their whole day on the street panhandling and pretending to be homeless. 
It's easier to think this way than to fully reckon with the fact that so many people in the richest nation on earth are so desperately poor. <clears throat> when the right talks about SNAP, when they talk about WIC, WIC, when they talk about other welfare benefits meant to keep people from drowning, becoming homeless, or starving to death, they rarely really talk about money. They don't say, we simply can't afford to feed these people anywhere near as much as they talk about the moral character of those who receive those benefits, how they are either scam artists like Linda Taylor or in danger of having their work ethic wither away by becoming, quote, dependent on the government. Of course, the vast majority of families receiving these benefits have at least one member who is working and a full third of them have two. There is little question that the initial reason for going after welfare benefits was greed, but they had to frame it as a moral crusade in order to get people to go along with it more easily. And now, many of those in charge of making laws regulating those benefits are true believers in the pretend moral crusade. This, in part, explains why states like Iowa are willing to actually spend millions of dollars in order to keep people from getting these benefits. From the Washington Post, <clears throat> quote, the state legislature, with support of the Republican supermajority, was poised to approve some of the nation's harshest restrictions on SNAP. They include asset texts and new eligibility guidelines. By the state's own estimate, I will need to spend nearly $18 million in administrative costs during the first three years to take in less federal money. The bill's backers argue the steps would save the state money long-term and cut down on, quote, snap fraud, unquote. The measure is part of a broader national crackdown on SNAP, the federal program at the heart of the nation's welfare system. The proposed legislation was not a homegrown effort, but the product of a network of conservative think tanks pushing similar SNAP restrictions in Kentucky, Kansas, Wisconsin, and other states. But experts say Iowa's representative Iowa's represents the boldest attack yet on SNAP, and Republicans in Congress have signaled a similar readiness to impose limits on federal food assistance. Quote, There are pockets where you are seeing a movement toward more restrictions to kick people off SNAP, said Diane Schensenbach, a professor at Northwestern University's School of Education and Social Policy. Quote, but the SNAP program is really well designed. It's effective and efficient, and it does a tremendous amount of good. Generally, proposals to change it usually are going to make it worse. End quote. The thing is, these people actually do need help, and since COVID, more people need help than ever, which is why Iowa's food cupboards are stretched thin. It's not that they don't have the money. In 2022, Iowa ended up with a general fund budget surplus of $1.91 billion. They just actually think that it's bad for people not to starve. Quote, in January, from the Washington Post, in January, 39 Republican House members sponsored a bill that would require an asset test, meaning families and individuals are barred from accepting SNAP, Medicaid, and other assistance program if the value of their cars, farm equipment, or other items are too high. 
the measure would also create more paperwork for recipients and ban those using SNAP from buying candy and soda, as well as fresh meat, white bread, baked beans, or American cheese, among other items. None of the 39 legislators, including House Speaker Pat Grassley, responded to requests for comment. The proposal's backer, backers argued that SNAP assistance de-incentivized families from working or from taking on more hours at the jobs they already had. They also pressed the case that the current program would eliminate, quote, SNAP fraud, end quote. These sorts of regulations sound good to the kind of people who gripe about poor people driving Cadillacs, though this belief is largely rooted in the fact that, due to redlining, black families often had to live in certain neighborhoods regardless of their personal economic situation, but were able to buy whatever the hell kinds of cars they wanted. In reality, since most people are only on SNAP or other programs for about a year or so until they, quote, get back on their feet and are able to find better employment, expecting them to sell all their worldly possessions, including possessions that help them get to work and back, is a little rash. <clears throat> Being able to eat food they like doesn't, quote, de-incentivize, unquote, people from working either. Indeed, heavily restricting what people are able to eat and being forced to sell their car in order to qualify for getting to eat whatever it is they're allowed to eat is the kind of thing that might make people get into a rut they can't get out of that can make them feel stuck. Luckily, they eventually stuck the ridiculous food restrictions, struck the ridiculous food restrictions, but kept the stupid asset test and other regulations that are set to cost the state Fifteen million dollars more than a year, more a year than it does to just run the damn SNAP program like normal. Last week, Democrats tried their best to convince their colleagues that this was a bad move, a cruel move, but they didn't budge. The legislation will soon make its way to Republican Governor Kim Reynolds, who will most certainly sign it. Other states have moved towards similar legislation also preferring to spend many millions on administrative nonsense over spending a few million to feed people. Because ultimately, they actually do care less about saving money than they do about getting to stick it to all those imaginary people pretending to be poor in order to get an average of $240 a month in SNAP benefits. Because it's easier to believe in legions of lazy scam artists than it is to believe that so many people can be so poor in this country as to need those benefits without being morally deficient in some capacity. It's easier to believe that than it is to believe that one day they or someone they love could be in that position. It's easier to believe that than it is to stop believing that anyone who is willing to work hard can make it in America, even though it is very obvious, judging by all the people now complaining that not enough people are willing to work crap jobs that, they, that pay peanuts, that the country would cease to function if everyone did. And that article can be found under the headline, Iowa Willing to Pay Anything for Privilege of Starving People to Death. And I think I'll play a quick song. Yeah, that was It Could Be a Wonderful World by Leon Bibb.
B-I-B-B. <coughs> and just a few minutes left to the show. So here's something from February 16th, 2023 by Dr. Zoom off of wonket.com. House Republicans decide on, quote, policy, unquote, to support. Surprise, it is blank the pores. I had to leave a word out there. Republicans are still casting about for excuses to not raise the debt ceiling, and since Joe Biden keeps calling attention to their calls for cuts to Social Security and Medicare, their latest strategy for an actual, quote, policy, unquote, to support seems to be yet another trip to the well of resentment against poor people living it up on food assistance programs. Since that worked so well for Ronald Reagan a million years ago, the Washington Post reports that, quote, top House Republicans are looking into possible cuts to the Agriculture Department's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, which was formerly known as food stamps. Or maybe they'll try adding work requirements because it would be a far better use of scarce food dollars to add a layer of bureaucracy that ends up excluding people from the program because they miss paperwork deadlines. The Post explains that Republicans are super mad about the Biden administration's increases in SNAP benefits because people who are poor are just lazy and cost too much. Quote, GOP leaders have attacked the Biden administration for its recent benefit increases. They have called for limiting aid to entire categories of, of recipients, including poor adults without children, and they have raised the potential that they could seek even tougher work requirements. Quote, we need to go back to the Clinton-era welfare-to-work reforms, Representative Jody Arrington, Republican Texas, said. The leader of the House Budget Committee said in a recent interview he referred to GOP-led efforts in the 1990s, backed by the White House at the time, that imposed a raft of limitations on federal benefit programs. Quote, uh, never mind that work requirements don't actually cut poverty and sometimes actually result in additional hardship. Republicans like work requirements because they make a show of forcing lazy, lazy takers to actually earn their public funds or at least jump through meaningless hoops, which is the same thing. And we're out of time. So this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening and... Good night to you all. Oh, and this is Trouble Every Day by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. <laughs>